Hello, everybody. I'm Tommy D, Sports Director at the Tennessean, and you are? I'm still Paul Scarvino, the Predators beat reporter for the Tennessean and USA Today Network. And this is the Catfish Corner, where we talk about hockey and not about catfish, and, and a hockey team where they rarely even throw catfish anymore. But, you know, we we talked about we, we didn't do it this summer. We wanted to go fishing. So maybe Tommy and I will go fishing and we'll talk about catfish at some point. We'll be cold out on the water right good, now. I don't know if that's good catfishing weather or not, but, you know, I like catfishing. And it's cold on the ice for the Predators, who have lost seven of their last eight games. They're one, five, and two, which in hockey talk doesn't mean the two are two ties. No, that's uh, still a loss, but they losses in overtime. The shootout, the shootout overtime loss. Yeah. Yep. Um, so things ain't going real well. Yeah, out of the playoff picture, um, and it's also November. So yeah, uh, we'll okay. get to the point a little later in this podcast where we're going to talk about should should Predators fans and should the organization panic yet? I think I vote yes. You vote no. I think, but we'll get to that. We'll explain our positions but let, let's start with Kyle Turris because that's the latest as, as we cut this on a Tuesday Wednesday Wednesday I don't <clears throat> even know what day it is anymore it anyway Turris was a healthy <clears throat> scratch and a loss uh surprise there to Winnipeg last night as we speak um interesting what, what's up with Kyle Turris uh that's what that's what I'd like to know and I couldn't get an answer to that uh Kyle was not – he was with the scratches late during the morning skate, so not around when the media was around in the morning, um, obviously not around after the game. Uh, we talked to Peter um, before the players came off the Peter ice. Peter Laviolette. Peter Laviolette. So before the, the players come off the ice yesterday, then after the game, um, I, I look, I, I wasn't the only one. There were a lot of people scratching their heads. Kyle Turris had an awful year last year. Everybody knows that. We've been over that a million times. Kyle Turris is not having an awful year this year. Kyle Turris is – the, one of the least of the Predators' problems. And for some odd reason last last night or that yesterday morning, we, we, we kind of surmised that he was going to be a, a healthy scratch, um, which if you remember last year when he was a healthy scratch for a couple of games when he definitely deserved it, he was uh, none too pleased, um, told me, you know, and I asked him about it and told him. And, and you wouldn't expect a player to ever be pleased to be cool. a healthy scratch. But last year – objectively there was a reason to take him he wasn't being productive absolutely and and but his reaction to being scratched was i don't think it does anybody any good um you know he didn't directly talk about anybody or 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 anything but basically said you know and you want look you know players like you say if you're happy about and i've talked to players about this like if you're happy about being a healthy scratch then then, then they don't want you on the team of course, there's going to be anger involved, but I think it goes deeper than frustration, that. frustration. Yeah, it goes deeper than that, and and it was just a, a real head scratcher um, to to call up a guy who uh, in in um, Olivier who never played in the NHL, and uh, then also calling up a defenseman, Stephen Santini, who was who was uh, acquired in the PK Subban trade. But anyway, um, after the game, I. First time we had access to Peter after we knew that Kyle hadn't wasn't going to play or hadn't played, um, I, I just asked, simply asked him what was behind the what was your reasoning behind scratching Kyle Turris. Um, the answer was uh, a lineup decision. So I tried to follow up and was interrupted by Peter, who repeated it was a lineup decision, and then the press conference was magically over. Um, today they were supposed to practice and. We were informed at the last minute that they aren't practicing today. So, unfortunately, today I have no more answers. I had I wait, actually waited around after the game last night to see if I could catch Turris. Um, I couldn't. I was looking forward to talking to him today and also looking forward to following up with Peter because, look, I get it. They lost. 
their seventh and eighth, you know, seven out of eight, their seventh game and eight, their last eight last night. I'm sure there's emotions, you know, and you're being asked a question in the heat of the moment. I get that. So, I, you know, I, I was looking forward to a day of, you know, a cooling down period where we can maybe, you know, go back to that subject because I think it's worth going back to. Look, he's been – he, you know, he filled in on the, as a second line center when Deshane moved to wing when Forsberg was hurt for six games. Played well, has been their best forward, best center, and in, in, in their bottom six, um, you know, or, or one of them at least. I know that you know you can make an argument for some other guys, but he's not having a terrible season. He's not the reason why they're they're where they are where they are. Um, and yeah, I think, and it, I'll, I'll be honest, and I, you know, I am not as knowledgeable um, about. The Predators are about the NHL or hockey as you are, as some others are, but just anybody could see last year. If you sat him down for a week last year, I don't think he would have a reason to object because he was not productive. Right, and and that's why I, that's why I think this whole thing runs deeper. And I and I don't know, you know, there are things that that we hear and and things that we're told that we can't just go out and present as facts. So I and I and I, and I don't think it's fair to do that. I have my own theories as to what what the problem might be, but I, again, not for public consumption. But just because I think it's not worth, you know, it's not worth speculation, right? We have the facts. The facts are he's not playing, and they're not saying why. Those are the facts. And and an easy thing to say if this were the case, which I'm presuming it's not, is maintenance day. Right. You know, everybody in the the the, the schedules are grind. Everybody gets a day off once in a while or a game or two off for for reasons to just stay fresh and healthy. Your legs get tired, and that's not the case here. This for, is not that. And, and Peter's always been very upfront with those when a guy takes a maintenance day or they put a guy on a maintenance day. You know, right. he'll tell you that up front, right? Right. I mean, most of the time, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's for guys who maybe they have a, a minor injury that they just want to give them some rest and they don't want to talk about the, the... – but it's funny because I, I – I, Kind of, I tweeted today, and I actually tweeted last night this, this whole exchange, um, and, it's, and some of the responses were, were interesting. Um, you know, and we'll get get into some of that later. And, and some of them calling for for Lobby's head, which I I find pretty humorous for many reasons, which we'll get into in a few minutes. But first, you know, look, there, there are several reasons why Torres might be sitting, or several ways you can speculate. Right? One is maybe he is nursing a minor injury, right? And they just don't want to talk about it. Maybe two. There's, uh, you know, there's there's rumors, always rumors. Well, maybe they're trying to trade him. I know they're trying to trade him this summer or shopping him around. Um, it just seems counterproductive. I think, I think it's fair to say if they had gotten the right trade offer for he wouldn't him, be here. he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't be here. Um, you know, again, we should also mention that he makes $6 million a year for the next three or four or however many years left on his contract. They don't have it in front of me, but several years left on a six-year, $36 million contract that he signed when he got here, so I don't – the math, it's 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 a while, right? So, um, I don't know if I buy the trade rumor thing. Um, I don't. I, and the other thing is maybe they're trying to just shake up the bottom six. Well, I think the shakeup needs to come up top. Look, Johansson and Arvidsson have not been producing. Uh, Duchesne is not producing at the same. Of course, we didn't expect him to keep up that pace, but you know, I, I did a story a couple of days ago. Just as, as, let me, as he's cooled off, nobody else has heated up and said, I got this. No. And, and that's look, there, there was, when they were off to that hot start and they were scoring six, six goals a game. When they scored four goals in a game and their average went down. Right. And, <laughs> and but they also were giving up a lot of goals. Right. right. So now it's kind of, which kind of brings us into the next topic. But before we get to the goalie play and, and the defensive play, I think, 
Look, I, I'm not trying to make a, a, a federal case out of Kyle Turris. I think the reason why it's made into more of a case than it should be is just because I think there's a lack of transparency. Uh, you know, whatever that you, wh- whether it's, I think coaches should be held accountable for their decisions, good, bad, or, or otherwise. When when coaches make great decisions, you know, we we praise them, right? We heap praise on them. When they make poor decisions, we should be there to hold them accountable and, and question those decisions. And if you don't want to answer those questions, but you're willing to answer the ones where you make good decisions or decisions that decisions maybe, that work out well, right? I think that's garbage. I think you're a professional who gets paid a lot of money. You're elite at your job. You can stand just like everybody else has to be accountable for what they do, right? Like I, I write things sometimes that I need to be held accountable for. Your name's on top of it, too. Right. And I'm easy to find, and people do it. And you know what? I appreciate it. I deserve it. I want it. I crave it. I don't always like it, right? Nobody likes to be criticized. But if it's constructive and it's fair, I don't understand. Sometimes, you, as a, as a guy who's written a lot and had my byline out there a long time, uh, more of an editor now, but I, I do still write. Sometimes it's you get that feedback about something. You say, you know what? That's a good point. I didn't look at it from that point of view. And if you read it from that point of view, I can understand how it came off that way, and you learn from it. That's and exactly what you just said is exactly what, especially <coughs> excuse me, especially especially in sports where you're always learning. You're all. Things are always changing. It's you know the target is always dynamic. It's never nobody has it figured out so well. Maybe besides the Patriots, where you, you're not going to win every single game every single year. You're going to go through slumps. These are all part you know, and, and that's all part of it. It's part of life. And it, you know, it, it, I'll be honest with you, it bothers me when you know you when you deal with. I understand that people are in bad moods when they lose, and but you, you still have to be accountable for that right if you're going to be there in the good times then you have to be there in the times when things are, aren't going well and you have to be accountable and for the most part you know and to be fair to peter laviolette I, I think he is for the most part but there are certain things that he just doesn't want to talk about injuries being one of them, that drives me nuts um i think we've i agree it drives you nuts it's also somewhat understandable uh, to me it's not i okay. mean every other every other major league sport discloses injuries Hockey players themselves have told me it's it's garbage that, that it's goofy that they don't it's not it, it it's antiquated thinking this is they don't have goons in the game anymore look I can walk into a locker room and 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 post it on the locker room post it in the locker room are the injuries for the other team every it's not a secret mm-hmm. right and gambling's going to change that potentially in the next CBA but but beyond that beyond my disagreement with that and I you know what this is the way he wants to do it I respect that. He also has to respect that I'm still going to ask about it, right? Right. And 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 that's the way we we live. So that that that's fine. But if you if you're if you're a, if you're a football coach and you hold and you say that you know your your left tackle's not playing today and he's not injured, shouldn't you be expected to be asked why? And shouldn't you at least have some sort of a generic answer besides just I'm not going to tell you? It's just a lineup decision. Well, if you look at the numbers and that's your best. Left tackle that you have available, and you're not yeah. playing him. Look to to me, and and if if I'm the coach of a team that's lost seven out of eight, and I make a lineup change, and you might not think it's the lineup change I should make, but if you ask me that, my answer would probably be, we'd lost six out of seven going into this game, and I thought something needed to change, and that's what I elected to change, and it didn't result in a win. 
I'll look at the lineup for the next game and make my decisions based on what I saw tonight and what I've seen so far this season. And you can like it or you can not like it, but, but I'm just changing we, something to change something because I, I think something needs to change. That's fair. I think I think that's a fair answer. It's a generic answer, but it's also – And you might say, well, I don't see what Kyle Turris has been playing. Well, right. well, that's, that's your opinion, but I decided right. that was what was going to change and, and, tonight. And I can respect that. What I don't respect is just because I said so. Well, I, I don't buy that, and that's that's what my problem is. And, again, it's not a recurring theme with everything with Peter. I don't have a lot of issues with, with him de- and dealing with him, you know, and, and nobody cares about if I have issues with no. that. It's not, you know, I that's mean, not my – I don't even care if you my, have issues no, with my, Peter Pratt, really, my, as long my, as he's, you know – I'm trying to do my job and trying to get as much he, yes, information right. as I like, – that's all that I'm trying and to do. And that's what you'll continue to do. Right. That's and what that, you're supposed to do. It's not a personal thing. It's not – it's nothing like that. I don't get offended. I'm never offended when players or coaches don't want to talk to me. I, you know, I, I don't – I'm not that important in here. I'm the messenger, right? And I'm trying to get information. That's all that I'm trying to do. So for the people who are listening to this and who read your copy, right? And that's 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 the audience that I'm trying to serve. I don't work for the predators. I don't work for you know for Peter Laviolette or David Poyle. I'm not trying to make them look bad, right? I'm, but I'm just trying to you know report. That's my job. So. You know, and and that's where I get frustrated when you when anytime you're trying to do your job, whatever your job may be, when you have obstacles in the way, which there's always going to be, you have to know how to deal with those, or learn how to deal with those obstacles. Sure. And you know, so I and and, and we both, you know, there, there's a there's a two way understanding there. I think I just you know I, I I don't and I'm not the only one. I just I don't understand. And I and I I really generally wanted an explanation. I wasn't trying to question his coaching decision as much as I was trying to find out a reason for why he did it. Maybe I would learn something. Right. So, so let, let's do move on to the goalie yeah. play. So because there's been some issues. It's been not great. Um, the first month of the season was they probably I, I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I think they might have between Pekka and UC might have had the best save percentage. Uh, the Predators had the best save percentage in the, in the league. I know that's not an advanced metric, but it's it's a basic baseline. Um, and I think in November, I'd rather have the best than the worst. And in, in November, I think they've been the worst. Um, now, a lot of that has to do with um, defensive lapses. Um, again, why Santini was brought up? There's we, we've talked about the problems with the third pairing, with whether it's Ham Hughes and Weber or Ham Hughes and, and Irwin. Um, you know, so they brought in Santini maybe to again the, the answer that you, that you you know the hypothetical answer you gave earlier about hey we've lost this many games, this has been a problem with our team. It's no secret. We're going to try something new here. And and that's what they did. And you know what what this team changed from from last year to this year due to personnel decisions that were made, mainly namely getting um, letting PK go and bringing in um, Duchesne, is they changed from a defense heavy team that was really hard to score on but struggled to score to the first month of the season they were a team had been a team that scored a lot of goals and gave up more goals right. than they would like and more than last year for sure and, the, and, and in addition to the personnel but now they're not scoring as many goals right and that's the problem and in addition to the personnel change i mean look there's a lot of the same defensemen there it's also a, a change a little bit of a shift in philosophy in terms of we're going we're going to our mission is to be a more offensive team this year which means that defensemen you, you take more chances in, in in your offensive zone and there's a lot more turnovers there's a lot of there's the possession, you know, puck possession and kind of staying offensive minded for too long kind of leads to bad defensive results. So, you know, it's not just, but to, it, and not just to pick on the, you know, the third pairing, but this, that is a perfectly acceptable explanation as to why you, you know, look, 
we're shaking things up, right? Um, and this is and, the, and this is why we're doing it because look, we don't know the answer. We're trying to find it, and I think that's probably the answer. Is they're trying to find the answer. I just I don't personally agree. Having watched this team, and I, I look, I'm not a coach. I don't I don't sit here to try. I'm not an armchair quarterback who's going to sit here and say I'm smarter than Peter Lavilla and I know what his lineup should be. And I but but some things are just obvious, right? Something or, or seem obvious to me that I'm going to point out. Like, hey, you know, I would like to try to understand why you're doing this because it doesn't make sense to me and maybe you'll be able to help help me understand it. And, and and in turn help a lot of a lot of other people out there who go to Bridgestone Arena and go to these games who would love to know why Kyle Turris wasn't playing last night and they would probably have last season would love to know why is Kyle Turris playing tonight <laughs> so that's the question you should have asked after every game when he was why is Kyle in the lineup <laughs> <laughs> but going back I to kid, the, I kid Going back to the goalies, though, um, I talked with with Pekka the other day, um, and he was pre- actually pretty poignant and pretty honest about. Usually is. Oh yeah, I mean, but you know, it's it's tough. Always is. It's tough to to figure out why, right? Like when you go through a slump, it, you know, is it is it my timing? Is it my mentality? Is it who who we're playing against? Is it the defense in front of me? And Pekka's always going to blame himself. Well, of course, it's not all his fault, but he, you know, he basically said, you know. Look, we were we were really bad against the Avalanche. They gave up nine goals, six goals in eight minutes. Like that, a lot of that was on the goalies, right? Um, then they then they turn around and play really well against San Jose, um, and then Pekka gets pulled. And his Pekka got pulled out of two out of three starts, right? Which is really super rare for him during a regular in his and career. That's, it's not a good sign when you're when you're front line goalie, the guy you're expecting to carry you is. Pulled it all, but but pulled twice in three games. That's right. a that's an eye opener. But 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 again, but when he was pulled when he was pulled against the Blackhawks, it was um, a completely different game, right? Like it was the, the Predators weren't giving up a lot of chances. Um, you know, he just he got beat on a horrible goal by Brent Seabrook, a backhanded looked like a knuckleball that came out. He, he just didn't have it that night, right? Um, but the the their defense in front of him was playing really well. Um, in terms of limiting shots and, and whatever, but if you look at the other side of the coin, the number—I think the Predators—they're—they're um, they're getting a lot of—they're getting a lot of shots on goal, not very many quality shots on goal. Not what they call in the advanced metrics world the high danger shots, where where you know your the goal the expected goal rate goes up because you're taking these these higher percentage the, shots. The equivalent in basketball of shooting more layups and inside the paint versus. Right, bombing for, away right for standing up behind a three-point line right and, and, yeah but so there you know those numbers have also kind of come down to to balance themselves out and i think look they've lost seven of eight their it's it, their penalty kill has been bad one game their goalies have been bad another game the defense has been bad another game they can't they can't score like against the blackhawks they have i don't know 40 some 41 42 shots on goal and just like the last time when this whole slump started after they beat the Blackhawks and dominated them three to nothing, but you know, had a hat trick Peck had the, what he called the easiest shutout of his career, mm-hmm. which again, wasn't a rip on the Blackhawks or compliment his defense. Right. And, and basically saying, yeah. And, and, and complimenting the other goalie too. Right. Right. Like, um, but you know, he kind of, kind of ate those words a little bit when he got yanked against the Blackhawks the next time. But, the point being that it's not one problem that they have that it's gonna they're just gonna do something that they're gonna magically fix. Like it was a it was the, last year it was the power play obviously was a huge issue. That was that was I would say 
fixing that would have fixed everything, but it would have fixed a lot of things. It, it, it would have made them a lot more dangerous. And, and, and it's a little bit harder now when you don't, when, when the problem keeps on shifting on you, right? So you know that you're capable. It's just, again, and, and, and Peter Laviolette will take a lot, and I'll stand up for him for, on this one too. He, he changes his lines a lot. Like he's got guys, you know, he's Jofa's back together. And I, I really like Granlin Duchesne and, 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 um, and Forsberg together, but the, the second line last night was really good with Granlin and, and Duchesne, and, and uh, um, gosh, I can't remember even now. But the, the the point being that coaches all over hockey do this. They they are as soon as they're, they're the most impatient people in the world. I mean, the game moves so fast. Like if you don't fix it now, it's hard to be patient and, and let it kind of take care of itself. So, but the goalie the, the goalie play I think will come back up. You know, and and, and look, they're they're what one five and two. They've played some good games in there, but the bad games have been really, really bad. Um, and that's kind of where the numbers kind of start. Yeah, the Winnipeg loss is not the same as the, as the Blackhawks loss. No, which is not the same as the Avalanche right. loss, which is not the same as, you know, even before but that. The Winnipeg they, loss to me is a little more of that's two good teams playing and one of them won. Right. And, and Winnipeg's kind of had their number a bit anyway. They, they definitely have had their number. And, and look. They, they, but that wasn't a blowout. It wasn't embarrassing. They didn't. They weren't. And the Avalanche loss they was three anomaly. goals down and chasing all night, that kind of thing. The Avalanche loss, giving up nine goals and six goals, and eight, that's an anomaly. Like, right? right? That's not going to happen. That that hadn't ever happened before in twenty years of franchise right. history. So once every twenty years, you take a game like that. Fine. And I couldn't believe that they. That's the record for goals going up in a game is nine. I mean, it was an ugly game, but we've been around twenty years. I think you you would have had one stinker worse than that. So that's saying something. But again, it's just it's just one game. I think. Look. If 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 we're back in here in two weeks and they haven't figured this out, then I think it's time. They're one sixteen into, or <laughs> well, I mean, if they're if they, Won't if be they that hot, keep but. up the similar pace of winning one out of every nine games, or right? Every eight games, yeah. Well, let's let's shift that to the the, the big elephant in the room, which is is Lavi in trouble? Is, is is his? There are voices out there, mostly not people who are. They're they're frustrated fans mostly, right. and which that, is totally. And like, hey, they totally pay their money. You know, they they support the team through good times, and there have been people saying, and I even heard some of this last year that it's time for Lavi to go. And the deeper question being, I don't think the guy's lost his fastball. That's my opinion. I mean, he's still a good coach. I think he'd be a good coach in the league wherever he was. I think he knows the game. It's not passed him by, but the question can become. Especially when you got a core of, of players who've been together for a while under a coach for a while, does there come a point where where players start to tune out a coach? I where you know you if, <laughs> you got the coach who comes in and yells at you at halftime every week at a football game, and after the sixth game he's yelling the same thing and you, you kind of you, you don't hear it anymore. And I'm not saying he's Peter's yelling at him, but I wonder if they're hearing him. To answer your to answer your question about whether or not coaches have shelf lives shelf lives in the, in the the message becomes kind of background noise is absolutely positively yes. I just, uh, in fact, I, I covered a Cubs team from when Joe Madden arrived until he, you know, I didn't cover him obviously the last two years, but the first two years that Madden was there 
was a the, the best circus in town. Yeah, yeah, this is a guy who might just show up to and, practice on a camel one day or whatever. You yeah, know? I mean he's yeah he's bringing the zoo to you, and he's you know he doesn't have any rules, and you can do whatever you want. We're not having batting practice. Yeah, and it's, today we're going to run the bases backwards, whatever you know. And and it worked. They won a world. Pitchers series. are going to hit, and the hitters are going to throw you know, BP. Who knows with that guy? If you, and if but if you look at Lavi's history. He, I mean, he's won a cup. He won a cup in Carolina, right? And and he he has peaked. He's come in and turned things around quickly. Historically speaking, I'm not saying this is definitely the case with the Predators, but history has has been consistent with him, where he comes in and he is well respected, and he gets their attention, and he turns teams around, and he's and he's he's brought two teams to the Stanley Cup final, won a cup. He he won a cup with Carolina. He took Philadelphia to a Stanley Cup final. Um, took the Predators to a Stanley Cup. Took the Predators Cup. to a Stanley Cup final. Well, not, so, not that long ago. So he, I mean, the a man knows same players. The man knows what he's doing. But there's been what happens after that, and that's where you start to look at, right? Like, okay, he does really well first two or three years he's there, and he, he gets the you know, and then does his message start? Get, I don't. I, I'm not sure because I wasn't around those teams that he that he coached and 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 had that with. I'm just looking at history strictly from an outside perspective. Um, you know, and history suggests that maybe that's the case. I don't – Here, there are several reasons why I don't think he's in trouble right this second. One is David Poyle has been a general manager for 35, 40 years, probably 40 years, close to 40 years. Um, he's had, I believe, five head coaches in 40 years. And I think that – I was talking – and this is – and Adam Ving and the – was talking with me about this, and he, this this is his. I didn't. Yeah, look it was it with up. the athletic, right? He used to be the Tennessee uh, Predators writer. We were talking about it yesterday, and he. I think he. I want to say what he said was that he's only ever fired one coach midseason. Um, look, Trotz was here forever. Um, you know, until until Live like that. He's had two coaches in twenty years here. Um, David Poyle is a patient man. David Poyle's been here since this franchise has existed. Um, so those are two big reasons why I don't think that Laviolette's in – I don't think his job is in jeopardy right this second. Now, if they continue at this pace they're going at of winning one out of every eight games, then yes, I think his job will be – if we're having the same conversation again in, in, in a month or six weeks, the likelihood of Laviolette's job being on the line is very, very high. At this point – and, and I, I don't expect this to continue. I mean, it's, it's, it just doesn't – See, you know, if it, but if it does, then yes, we can yeah. have this discussion. Teams, teams that go through a season in any sport, and especially a game-intensive sport where a high number of games like NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, like a team that wins 66% of its games hardly ever wins two, loses one, then wins two, loses one. They lose five, they win five, you know, they win seven, they, you know, they, they win one out of eight. Then they then they went eight out of nine, right? I mean, that, that that's more likely your path. And, right. and and there's very few times when a you just see a a steady statistical almost straight line. I think I think with with and I never really thought this was all that important, but I, you know I think because all the play, like when I with the Cubs, look every player loved Joe Madden on the you know on the surface if you talk to him, like you never. You never got the sense that anybody disliked him. I don't really get the sense. I don't get the sense at all with Peter that anybody, any of those players, don't like him. I'm thinking, I, look, not every player is going to 
not every player is going to agree with every decision that he yeah, makes. I mean, when I'm not on the ice, I, I think I should be if I'm a professional I don't, look, hockey player. You my know? boss is sitting across the table from me. Him and I talk a, a lot. I don't agree with every decision he makes or everything he wants me to do, but that doesn't mean that I don't respect him. Um, we have discussions about it, or, or if he tells me this is what you're doing, that's what I do, and that, you know, you be a, you're a professional about it. But I think on a personal level, I think you know, Lavi is very, very protective of his players, um, which is why he doesn't like to talk about injuries. He's very old school. He doesn't, you know, and I think the players respect that. Um, I'm not in the, these meetings. I'm not in the room when he's talking to them. I don't know what is said, and and, and you know what. Quite frankly, I don't think it matters if I know it. You know what? I, what I know about what he's, how he motivates those guys or whatever is really, that's that's an in, that's an internal thing that I respect. Hey, and, and to use the baseball analogy again, there's been very successful baseball managers who, if they take you out of the starting lineup for any day for any reason, maybe because they don't like you against left-handers or whatever, he sits you down and he explains it to you and pats you on the back. There's also guys who walk in and pin a lineup on the wall. And, and that's it. And he, you know, but not to even approach him because right. you're not in the lineup that day. And that means, you know, you know, if you want to know why, it's none of your business why. It's because he didn't put your name in that lineup. Right. And I don't know which of those Peter is, quite frankly, and you don't, may not either. I don't, I don't get the, I get the sense that it changes with different players. I think if he was going to, you know, last year when we asked him about tours, he said he'd had no discussions with him. He just... Kyle walked in, and which I find that, and I'm not calling him a liar. I'm not, I don't, but I get the sense that some other players get an explanation. Some may not. I don't know that for sure. I think, but I do think different players are treated differently. Um, and and that's like anybody else. Like you're a, like you're a, you're a manager, right? You can't treat all of your employees. I do the not same. treat everybody the same. I try to treat everybody fairly. Right. And and that could be maybe you have somebody who some people respond to a kick in the rear better than they do a pat on the back, and some people, I mean, it's, it's different with everybody. And I think that's where a coach is too. I think there's look, they're all human beings in that locker room. They're all going to react differently, respond differently to to different situations. I mean, look, I talked with Rocco about the same thing last year. Rocco, of anybody, earned earned his spot, and yet he was the one who kept. And, and in fact, last night that thought went through my head was. You know, I'm surprised it's not Rocco because it's always Rocco, right? Rocco's the Rocco's the, the five foot six guy who's going to get scratched when they want to bring in. They're playing Winnipeg; it's going to be physical, so we're going to scratch Rocco, right? Or, you know, he's the he's always the he's always the guy, and his play did not. And Peter would say that, right? So when we would ask Peter, "Why did you scratch Rocco?" Well, Rocco's been playing really well, and Rocco, you get an explanation, right? When we ask about Kyle Turris, you get a two word answer. So you draw your own conclusions. I, I don't, you know, I, I certainly draw my own conclusions from that. I think it's that's treating different players differently, um, and and that to me tells you more than maybe even what he would say. Um, you know, I, I don't know, but it is interesting when you when when you know because it's not the first time we've questioned him about an injury or about why somebody's scratched or or why somebody isn't scratched, um, and, and and the answers will vary. Um, and I think the answers lie within those answers or not answers. Okay, so so the answer on on Peter Lavalette is probably uh, I'm not nobody's expecting any any decisions that would uh, remove him from his position anytime soon. But the way things are going can't continue. That's fair. I think, and I think Peter would tell you that. I mean, Peter has said that. David Poyle would tell you that. Um, but you know, you're talking about. I know that we live in a world of hot takes, and you got. I, I, I look. I don't think I've ever called for somebody's job. I, you know, I've I've had my job taken away from me involuntarily. This is not 
and this, this is somebody's livelihood we're talking about. I don't, I, I'm not a fan out there going, my team sucks and my coach needs to go, like whoever. I, I don't, I'm not in that position. And, and I don't approach it from that way from my position in my profession either. You know, I, it, look, it's not my decision to make. Now, I can, I mean, if they continue like this, there's nothing you can do, right? That's a performance based thing. And this is, you know, a performance-based business, and that's Lavi said that a million times. But I, I don't. I'm. I would never go on a personal crusade because a team went through a ten-game streak where they were bad and say this guy should lose his job. I, you know, I just. Yeah. I, but I get why people do it. I just not. I'm not one of them. So let's just uh, get down to brass tacks. Is it time to panic? I say it is. Well, I, I'm interested to hear why because I, I, I. Here's my take on that. Okay, I'm not saying that means panic and fire Peter Lavalette. By the way. I'm just saying I'm from a I sat through the majority of a season last year after after relocating here where I heard about the power play starting like in December and in January and in February and in March and I kept hearing it's not time to panic. Well, maybe they should have panicked and fixed it. That's what I'm saying. I think they I think things are not working now. They did well, I they think did. I would make some drastic changes and shake things up because What's the worst thing that happened? You lose a game. Well, you've been losing games. Well, I, I so don't if just, that means some big names and big egos and big paychecks sit, if you know, you have to ask, isolate who's not doing what you ask. Um, part of your defense is not your defenseman. It, 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 you know, I was listening to, I think it was Crispy, maybe uh, talking about this of about defenses of everybody has to buy in on defense. Oh yeah, you you, sure. you don't have PK there, but it's not just I'm going to go try to score goals and you guys need to stop them behind me. No, um, no it's a five man D- defense is a five man. I'm not sure RV busts his fanny on defense as well as you would like him to. Well, that's that's and a if lot. that's and if and, and and maybe he does and maybe I'm not appreciating it. But let's say he doesn't or somebody else doesn't, and you're having problems on defense. I say that guy needs to sit. And he needs to be told the reason you're sitting is because you're only playing one end of the ice. And if you can if you're if, if defense isn't important to you, it is to this organization and you can adjust or we can find someone who to whom it is more important. And, 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 and I do know. think panic, if you want to call it that, means you make some changes. I, I, if, that, if, if that's the definition of panic, um, I think that has been going on. I think there has been some things. And that may have something to do. I'm not saying that's Kyle Turris' problem, but if, if changing him one night is part of making a change, I don't have a problem with making some changes. No, I don't. I don't either. It's just interesting to me to who it was, right, and the, and the timing of it. And – to to I'm interested to see if it continues. Like to make these two call ups, usually they last a game or two, and it doesn't. Like, because how are you? But then if you flip it over, how are you supposed to? How are these new guys supposed to come in and play one game and prove they belong? Like you can't. Like even if you can, if you, even if say that say that Olivier comes in, he's a big body and he scored three goals last night. Does that mean he should stay in the lineup? If you look at it long term, probably not. Like he's not going to score three goals a game. More than likely, I mean, well, if, if he does, then keep him. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a sound, that's a very sound strategy, and uh, you know, it makes it easy for a coach to keep his job. But the point being that you know, there's a tra- everybody has a track record. It's hard to break in and, and prove yourself um, unless you continually produce, and that's where I think the pa- you know the panic button in, in those terms. Yes, I think I think he has been panicking. I think he's been overreacting in some cases with with the lines and look. Jofa was great last year, right? These guys were great together. 
they're not working together this year. It's not working. Look at if you look at the numbers, they're not what they were last year. If you look at some of the other line combinations that have, you know, at least a good amount of time of playing together that do have results, um, and it is working. You know, stick with that. I, I don't. And Turris being one of them, Turris is on a line that was that was for for what is being asked to do for the role that that you play on a third or fourth line was probably overachieving, um, to be quite honest with you. So that's why it was so puzzling to just take something that really wasn't broken and try to fix something else that is broken. I just don't know why you, you know, you put a a, a nail in a screw hole. I just it doesn't work. And I would like to, and, and maybe, and again, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I would certainly would love to be showered with an explanation from somebody who's a professional who's making these decisions, and that's all that I'm asking. That's yeah. really it. And when I say panic, you know, I, I, I guess I mean panic is in. It's not too early to try to solve a problem, even if that means making a radical change. Right, right. So, I don't so let me that. say this. We talked about the goalies. Your number one goalie, the Predators' number one goalie, who's getting older, has been pulled twice and back-to-back or two out of three games recently, I would say if you have to do that again, maybe for at least a period of time he needs to be your number two goalie. Because, and that doesn't mean – at some point you're going to make that switch, whether that's – you know, they've got a timetable in their heads, but his play dictates that timetable more than what they decided two years ago when they were mapping out their future. Look, I I, 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 advoc- love I advocated last year that I thought UC should There was should a period start. of time where UC – I thought going to the playoffs, UC was out playing Pekka. I thought I, – I brought it up, and I, I think I, if I remember correctly, even argued that maybe UC Saros should be the starting goalie right now, right? I know Pekka started every playoff game since 2008 or whatever it was. I don't care about that crap. It's not a good reason to start somebody. And I'm not saying that is the reason why, I, I, but I, there wasn't a good reason. To me, there wasn't a good reason why you wouldn't start Saros, mm-hmm. right? So I don't care about the reasons why you would start Pekka. I just want to know why you wouldn't start UC. And, you know, and the transition could be coming. UC's not been playing. UC's been playing a lot better the last couple of games, but he had a horrible start to the season. Right. That's going to – look, that's going to happen. But you have to you, – you have to, I think – in my opinion, you know, you have to make decisions and not be afraid to do that. And, I, and Peter's clearly not afraid to make some decisions. Um, you know, I don't know if he's af- not afraid is the right word, but he he's not afraid to mix things up. He's not afraid to, to, to as you say, your definition of panic. He has been panicking. Um, and, and I think when you talk to guys, when you talk to players, and I, this always fascinates me because every player tells you the same thing. Like, well, what do you, you know, playing with this guy versus playing with this guy, how long does it take to get used to a new a new line mate and whatnot, and the players always ah, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. One of the first things Matt Duchesne said when he got here, and he was asked to be fair, he was asked about it, he didn't bring it up, but he was adamant about I came here to play center. Well, now they got a center problem because they need Kyle Turris to be the center on the second line and Duchesne to play on the wing where he's played before, and that's where they're where they've been pretty productive, right? Um, and I'm not saying Matt Duchesne has too much. Matt Duchesne has done it. I've never heard Matt Duchesne complain about being moved to the wing, but he made it very clear. I am here to be a center. Like, you know, I'll do whatever they ask me. So short term, all right, if Forsberg gets hurt, I got to move to the wing, but I don't, they don't want to turn Matthew Shane into a, to a winger. Well, now you got a Kyle Turris problem because where do you put Kyle Turris? And, and so that's kind of the decisions that these guys get paid a lot of money to make. And I don't, so I, I have to, I can observe and have my own, you know, I have my own thoughts, but I also want to be educated and understand Maybe there's a reason why, right? Maybe I can offer that explanation to to the masses, and 
we don't have to talk about this. Right. Well, there'll be more questions uh, and, and more answers as we go forward. Um, but that does it for this edition of Catfish Corner. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already and follow Paul's coverage of the Predators. Uh, remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can drop us a review and a rating if you like it, and you can drop us a review and a rating if you don't like this podcast. And we welcome both. Uh, but for Paul Scarbina, I'm Tommy Dees, and uh, that's it for this edition of the Catfish Corner. 